0: Welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, Uh, the show that takes you on a real deep dive of things happening in and out of the industry. I've got cameras looking at me both ways, so I'm going to look at the cameras both ways throughout the show. Um, So here I am, once again, from the gorgeous wine lair here in downtown DC, right outside the Ritz Carlton Hotel. If you haven't had an opportunity to come here, you need to check it out, especially you wine aficionados out there. Gorgeous sitting area, terrific food, and a fabulous cellar to keep your most necessary wines. Uh, but lucky me, uh, they sponsor the show and I get to do it here every week. Um, so if you're new here, hey, welcome. Um, a little background on me, Nikki Nellis. I've been a part of the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene for the last 20 years. I have a website, it's called The thelistareyouonit.com uber, uber local to the DC area, but it does tell you about every food and wine event happening in the DC area, as well as every opening and what's coming soon and all the fun promotions. You may check me out every Sunday on 1500. My husband David and I have been doing a radio show Foodie and the Beast for the last 14 years. It is DC's only food and wine variety show, and it is a ton of fun, lots of booze, lots of food, lots of happenings. you should be following me, if you're not, on social at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You may see me on TV because I do a little bit of that, and you may hear me on WTOP because I do a bit of that, um, and you may see me hosting or judging. Anyway, I'm around town doing a lot of fun things, uh, so thank you for joining me here today. So for those of you who know, every week I tell you about what I've been doing, and um I eat a lot. I drink <laughs> a little bit less than how much I eat, but it all kind of goes in together. So let me tell you where I've been. Okay, so I checked out Grazi Nona. This is Casey Patton's restaurant. He used to own Taylor Gourmet. and I have to be honest, everybody had been telling me to go there and I love Casey, but I was kind of like, I mean, do I really need to go there? Yes, yes I do. And now you do too. Uh, the place is banging. It was Monday night. It was jam packed. This is, um, I want to say like New York style Italian, really great pastas, really great pizzas, really fabulous vibe. So Chris Morgan and Gerald, whose name I can never remember, but the guys who used to be at Medan who won the Michelin star, they're behind the food concept and uh, they are ex- executing it like spot on. Also, it's a great wine list. Um, I was back at Batista um, Jeremiah Langhorn's new restaurant. I went like opening day, which I never do. But I was back for lunch. Um, All the carbs are worthy of every calorie. Um, The croque madame, which if you've never had, is thick slices of bread stuffed with ham and cheese and dipped in fried, dipped, fried, covered in bechamel and topped with an egg. And it's, oh my God, it's so yummy. Um, I'm kind of drooling just thinking about it. Um, Also, get the asparagus. Not because asparagus is so, like, earth shattering, but the um, they do a uh, Bernese mousse, put it on the asparagus, sure, but really slather it on the bread because it's delicious. Okay, I went to Lutas. I've been to Lutas like three times. Everybody's talking about Matt Conroy. Everybody's insisting that the restaurant is like God's gift. It's not, it's good. And I highly recommend you go there. He's obviously very talented. There's some very interesting things on the menu. They're doing a lot of uber local, um, food sourcing and Elizabeth Parker is doing the wine program. So there's a lot of interesting natural wines on there. We did do the caviar service, which it's totally worth the splurge. So check that out. Um, I did go back to Bazaar, which I was just um, telling my future guests about because the chairs are really heavy. So if you're sitting at the bar, you have to ask like one of the waiters to push you in. Um, Bazaar is Jose Andres restaurant in the new Waldorf Astoria, the former other hotel. And, um, you know, the food is really good. It's sort of a best of Jose's uh, favorites. And, um, I think it's going to be very well received in the city. Um, Oh, it was also Passover. So I had to like get all those like non Passover friendly foods in prior to Passover. And then we had a big family Seder, 30 people, so much fun, so much love. Um, and I made for the first time ever matzah lasagna, which I know sounds really weird, but if you think about it, matzo when soft is kind of like pasta. Anyway, it was brilliant, no matter what Matt Adler says, because Matt Adler, the chef at uh, Caruso's Grocery, was like, that's not a thing, and I'm telling you, it is. Um, okay, so that's just a bit about where I've been and what I've been doing, and I hope you join me on that journey. Of course, you can see all of that on my Insta at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Um, And you definitely want to check in because I'm I'm about to head out to New York for a bit of feasting. I'm taking in the Terry Muggler exhibit in Brooklyn, and then I'm checking out Sean Hayes at Goodnight Oscar. So lots of fun things coming up. Okay, now that I'm comfortable like um, Mr. Rogers, I've taken off my coat, Um, today's show. So back in February, my fellow foodie friend, David Hagedorn and I were invited to visit Ovica Farms in Paris, Virginia. And I love a field trip. So, now, little footnote. Uh, My husband David and I, my other David, as those of you know, we make our way out to that area quite a bit because we love hiking (laughs) Sky Mountain. Actually, I love hiking Sky Mountain and I just drag his ass with me. Um, And I tell you that because every time we finish that hike, we sort of tool around Paris, Virginia, and we always see this magnificent House, a beautiful property, and we're always like, what is happening there? Because there are cows with this massive house. And like, we always had all these questions. And fast forward to David Hackadorn and I being invited to this farm, and I was like, oh my God, I'm at this house. So, and that's when I met. Karen Way, owner of Avoca Farms, and Roy Lambert, who is the chief agribusiness officer of Avoca Farms, and together with their partner, Jessica Morton, they shared their story to me and David. We spent an overnight there about the farm, the creation of an F1. Do you know what an F1 is? You're about to find out. We talked about Wagyu. We talked about cattle raising i got to pet cows and then eat them um it's very hard to reconcile but i did it and um and we talked about farming and sustainability and what it's like to be an independent farmer in this world today so karen and roy thank you both so much for joining me today thanks for having us okay so karen i'm going to start with you because it is your farm How'd you get into the farming business? Because I know your background is not in farming. No,
1: I am a Chicago big firm lawyer mm-hmm. um, that, that ended up taking a hiatus to raise kids. And we moved to Virginia from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And at, when we first moved here, my, my husband actually had grown up on the other side of Avoca. So that was when it came up onto the market and the stars aligned. We were ready. So it was go. already
0: called Avoca.
1: It was called Avoca from pre-Civil War. Oh, wow because we've traced it back. And so it's amazing. It means supposedly ever running water, but we've never been able to identify from what language, indigenous or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so we we were always like, if anybody can get the the citation on it, that'd be great. Right, prize what? It's ever, yeah, exactly, nice big prize. Right. But for now it's ever running water. So our family bought it Mm -hmm. in about 2010 and we wanted to raise cattle. Um, So
0: was that his idea? Was it your idea? Like you bought this house. I mean, it was, it wasn't a working farm when you bought it? No, it was an
1: equestrian farm. The the area that we're in is is very big equestrian. Mm -hmm. Back at about 1900, it was a cattle farm. But since then, at about 1920, it's been equestrian.
0: Well, given that it's so close to Middleburg, that's Correct. not surprising, Correct. right? right. The, hunt,
1: the hunt ran on our property for mm. many, many years. Mm-hmm. and uh, But when we, after, after basically tasting Wagyu, instead of going for Angus, we ended up saying, let's try it. Let's do this. New so thing. no,
0: but where did you try Wagyu? Because Wagyu is a Japanese product, oh. right? I mean, we now have American Wagyu, but... Wagyu, when it became sort of all the rage here, it was coming from Japan. So what was your experience and when did you start with that? Well, it it was actually
1: served back in about, gosh, that would have been about 2015 in a Mm -hmm. restaurant in San Antonio. And um, when we tried it, it was, this is it. What is this beef? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. And... um, From there, you know, started doing research and then identifying what is Wagyu because still, it's a pretty, it's a very new breed. It is from Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, The Kobe region, that is Kobe beef, but they're cousins. All Kobe are Wagyu, just not all Wagyu are Kobe. So that's how you can kind of think of it as a breed. Okay. Totally different than Angus or Hereford, any of the other cattle breeds in the U.S. Mm -hmm. In fact, um... Wagyu did not even come over to the U.S. until about, it was uh, late 70s. They brought a bull and they didn't bring a heifer over until the 90s. So there was no full bloods actually um, bred and born on Mm -hmm. U.S. soil until then. So it's still very new. Mm -hmm. So educating the public and also helping them understand the difference between this Kobe A5 that everybody is so enamored with. Right. Right. So it's an incredible product, but distinguishing it from... What we do, which is a totally different product.
0: Well, let's back up a little bit before we get to what you do. Sure. So you have this wagyu. Yes. You're like this. You and your husband are like this. Is what we want to do.
1: So we imported the embryos from Japan. Mm-hmm. So we ended up using um, Angus hosts. So the embryos come over from Japan. So mm-hmm. surrogate mothers, and that's how we started the full blood herd. Okay. And so we were growing the full blood herd. And that takes about over two years. And what
0: was your experience with this? Like as you're gestating them and growing them and doing all this, who's running your farm at this point? Because this is pre-Roy. Correct. This is way
1: pre-Roy and really pre-me. Even Mm -hmm. though we own the farm, we had folks running it. And so it was a big learning curve, number one, for everyone involved, even the experienced farmers, to deal with this. Breed of Wagyu mm-hmm. because first of all their nutritional needs are totally different than Angus. Their personalities are totally different. Mm. They're very spunky and skitterish, and 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 you, you, the whole you hear all the time about you know the Japanese uh, massaging their cattle and right. feeding them beer. We, we do not feed beer, but we are looking at, you know, different like types of silage. Yeah, the spent grains mm-hmm. from um, distillery and breweries. Mm-hmm. Looking into that to supplement their nutrition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's been... But
0: we, initially, so you had yeah. Wagyu.
1: Yes, full blood.
0: And so then what was the matter? Why didn't you stay with Wagyu?
1: Well, we, we loved the breed. We loved the meat, but it turns out I couldn't cook it. It was too hard to cook because it's it's interstitial fat... When you hear about this Wagyu melting in your mouth, that's true.
0: Right, because it's fat. And because the but it's not, But it's not, it's not like um, chewy it's fat. It's not gristle fat, it's, right. good, it's right. good
1: fat. I mean, nutritionally, it has more omega-3 than salmon. Mm. And if you don't cut the fat off, you eat it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of this breed. And so um, when we cut it into American-style steaks, it melts, so you make a roast, and after four hours, low and slow, you literally have a gallon of gravy. And, wow. that's, and
2: that's how she started with the F one or fifty fifty because she
0: we couldn't we couldn't put a
2: roast in a pot. Right. I
0: right. understand what your epiphany was. Yes. So you're like, I can't cook this, right. and if I can't cook this, how who good. else is going to cook it? Correct. You know, I mean, except for an experienced chef or somebody right. who really mm-hmm. understands the product. So who gave you the idea to go have seeds on it? Well,
1: that's where we started looking at. We had the Angus okay heifers from the surrogacy mm-hmm. and so then we have the wagyu bowl and with talking with some of the cattle guys some of the herdsmen in the area it was like let's throw them on and you know it was starting you started to hear more about american wagyu about that time the mm-hmm. term came up now there was no wagyu farmers in the in virginia at that point we were the first i think ones. they were out of
0: like texas mm-hmm. right of yes. yes. exactly. Texas, exactly and mm-hmm. so
1: that's when it's like all right f1 we're gonna we're gonna so we're where'd the name it. come from F1 is actually, it's a microbiology term. It's an agricultural term, which is why we adopted it. It's boring, but it's defined. And so it it means 50-50 so that you have Oh, well, that makes sense. Right. So it's honest. It tells you what you're buying. Mm -hmm. And if, if, for example, F2 means 75% one species or breed and 25% of another. So I think you
0: need a tagline F one fifty fifty. But anyway, we can yes, talk about that offline. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, at what point do you dive into the business more?
1: I dove into the business almost three years ago. Okay. And obviously, it'll be three years. And I
0: had played with the post pandemic. Post pandemic, like in the pandemic. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Twenty twenty. I feel like we're in the talent right now. But go ahead. I think I was
1: going to be in the talent. <laughs> um, we. That's when I had the opportunity to jump in and Mm -hmm. take
0: over operations completely. Because what did you want? What was happening that you were like, "This is not working for me"?
1: Well, it was more situational. Um, My son actually went moved to Florida. He's in high school, and he Mm -hmm. went to Florida to go play baseball at IMG. Mm -hmm. And so my husband moved down there to you know make because boarding school is far and right. So. It was time to run the farm and it was not, it wasn't working. It wasn't working back then.
0: And how did you meet Mr. Roy here?
1: Well, Mr. Roy, you see, at first it was Jessica and me. Right, Jessica. And we were literally we were the cowgirls running the farm. We mm-hmm. like were doing the fertilizing. We made pastures. We named the pastures for the first time. You know, so and started the flow because we read books. Right. You, know, you educated yourself. Yeah. Right. And then that's always kind of the joke. Is like Karen and Jessica. They read a book. Now they're cowgirls. But to <laughs> some degree, it's true. Right. And obviously, listening to a lot of advice. Well, then about a year and a half now. Correct. Roy had done consulting with the firm here and there along the, for quite many years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, when
2: they first started in 2012, right. I was providing them with the products uh, that their previous farm manager had.
0: Well, let's go back a little bit okay. because you've been in the farming industry for a really about long time. 20 talk- years. So let's talk a little bit about your history, like how did you get into farming and how did you grow your knowledge?
2: Uh, I was born and raised on a cattle farm. It was a Hereford. Um, and, of course, I was a young kid and did all the things that the young kids were told to do. Make hay, throw hay. Um,
0: I mean, there's a lot of ways people can read that,
2: Roy, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Um Didn't want to do that as a young man and mm-hmm. uh, went in the Air Force. Uh, left to get away from farming, went in the Air Force, did that for six years. Mm-hmm. Come back, my, my mom was sick, but mm-hmm. anyhow... A young man said, hey, Roy, would you come help us at this business? It was an agricultural business. Mm-hmm. Uh, come help us out of here for a little bit until you find where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, just never left. It was, like sending an ag company. And we supplied all the farmers around in four or five states mm-hmm. uh, with product. Of course, I went to different schools for it. Uh, Cal College, as, as Karen would say, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of hands-on experience.
0: So when you saw what was happening on their farm, mm-hmm. we were like, I can fix this. Yeah. I see what's happening here, and I think I can fix them. So who approached who?
2: Um, I I met up with... Because
0: I'm not taking away from what the two of you, Jessica's over there, she's off camera. I'm not taking away from what the two of you were doing, but like you said, you were reading books and figuring it out. He saved the farm. Right, but there were things that were not happening, because farming is a BFD, like there's a lot that goes into it. So, and you're a city girl. Yes, exactly.
1: you be like me farming. That's why Rory was like, Rory, fix this. I Mm -hmm. mean, and truly, and he jumped in.
0: So, tell me how that happened.
2: When I... When they started in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, the farm manager that they hired at the time didn't know a, a lot about cattle. So he would call me at the place of business mm-hmm. and would ask, how you do this, how you do that. So a little bit over the years, I was helping them not knowing Karen or her husband. Okay, And uh, then in 2021, um, I met with... Another guy that knew them, he was working on a farm as a farm manager as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And, uh, we he
2: said, right. So he was looking for advice as well. Cause like I said, he were looking for somebody that knew and I was being in the ag for a long time. Right. So I went out there, showed him how to do some electric fencing, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then that's when I met. Jessica, mm-hmm. and uh, Jessica said, well, maybe you can come out here and help us. And then I came out, finally met Karen after all of those years. Right. And it just, the, the three of us just kind of formed that bond that, and, and we got along very well, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, Huge. unbelievable anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. People getting together. Can yes. Group. And, uh, so that's how it got started. So I've been doing things, not the, the, old farmer way or the mm-hmm. traditional way, um, there are new things that you can do, uh, rotational grazing, uh, you know, which provides uh, good hus- husbandry of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just doing new modern things that will help.
0: Well, so I want to talk about sort of the process there because I'm, as a non-farmer, I am very interested in it, but I want to back up for a second. Okay. So I don't think people know a lot about the steak on their plate. Yes, right? So you said Hereford, we have Angus, Kobe, Wagyu. I mean, I'm sure there are others out there. Right. But so let's talk about Hereford and Angus. Okay.
3: What
0: are what are the different? Like, what are we looking for from cows that we consume?
2: Um, the, the first thing I would say is you used to go into any restaurant and mm-hmm. what was on the menu? Angus beef yes because it was hardy and if you raised it correctly you got the marbling that you that you wanted okay so over time uh, it used to be a herford which is a red and a white cow and then you had the angus where they merged those together mm. so there again you created the f1 because it was a 50 50 50 oh. herford so when you say f1 it could be any two types of cows okay I mean, so. Like so it's, say, it's a
0: real terminology within the farming, correct. the cattle farming community. Yes,
2: ma'am. Okay, yes, great. Ma'am. Okay, yep, yep, sorry about that. I know. Um, so
0: he knows I don't like being <laughs> called ma'am.
2: Just the military. Just military background. <laughs> yeah, I love reaction. I am
1: not a ma'am.
0: called
3: ma'am?
2: Just military background.
0: Sorry.
2: So that's how F one is. You can put any two different types together, that's mm-hmm. how you get an F1.
0: But so for years, if you weren't eating from a local farm, which a lot of us were eating commodity meats, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because that's what was available unless you were knowledgeable and, you know, like the food terminology in our food, I think the consumer, the food consumer, mm-hmm. whether a restaurant or in a grocery store, They're much more educated today than they were 30 years ago, right? I mean, poking at something with plastic wrap, you know, in the grocery store. Is it brown? You know, was, you know, our relationship to Mm -hmm. what we put on our plate. So, like, I didn't know, you know, what kind of cow it was or whether that mattered. Correct. So, with that in mind, most steaks that we have, when I go into a restaurant, are either Angus or Hereford? Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Mm-hmm. And that's Mostly lobby. Angus, that's,
2: correct. Mostly I mean, Angus. Angus lobby. Right. Okay.
1: That's that's who is, you know, Angus is wonderful. It's easier to raise than most breeds. Like mm-hmm. we're saying, it's hardy. And so when you have a good lobby them behind you, that's going to get the word out.
0: Right.
2: And the Angus Association did right. a real good job of promoting yeah. it. That's how it is. It used to be Hereford back in the seventies okay. earlier. Herford was all, come from Texas, and that's what you had. Mm-hmm. Well, then the Angus Association uh, came was like, in. was and like,
0: cold my beer. Right. 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 Totally Promotion
2: is where it's all at. Listen, yeah. and
0: that's in any industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I always use the example of uh, Rosé from Provence, France. Mm-hmm. You know, 30 years ago, if you saw a pink wine on the yes. table, you would think it was White Zinfandel. Right. You like, oh, "No, thank you. Yes. And then right when I got into the business, Provence came to D.C., and they did this whole show basically about rosé. Mm-hmm. And we, t- we met the winemakers and blah, blah, blah. And I'll never forget like 25 years ago, I was like, or 20 years ago, I was at um, like a dinner with some girlfriends who weren't in the industry. And I was like, oh my God, you have a rosé. And my girlfriend yeah. was like, are you drinking white and I was like, no girl, just wait. <laughs> and like, they spent so much money. I mean, now yes. think of how many rosés are when you walk into a liquor store. I mean, it's, it is amazing. <laughs> What happens when people do that kind of thing? Exactly. And
2: that's what happened with right. the right. Yep. That makes
0: sense. Same,
1: same thing. With the champagne and the likeness areas. Mm-hmm. The right. Sparkling wine. I mean, rose is the same, same idea. It's all the reach. And that's why you're seeing more wagyu farms starting to pop up.
0: Well, and so it's let's. You can walk into Well, so let's. You told me something. We're going to get back to farming, but mm-hmm. I just want to finish sort of the cow stuff. Mm-hmm. So you said there's like, just like organic. Nobody knows what that means. Like, there's no rules. I could say I'm organic, you know, which is not a lie. Um, I'm organic matter. So are you. Sure. But when we say wagyu, mm-hmm. there's no delineation of how much, what that means. Like, you're like, we are 50 50, but like Arby's has a wagyu something a bird or something but like what does that mean well this is the issue um Mm -hmm.
1: is that this term american wagyu domestic wagyu there's a couple different iterations of it now Mm -hmm. out there it's not defined so like if you see a heritage reference to a cow that's a defined term there's only like 12 breeds that can be called heritage okay american wagyu Mm -hmm. that term has no regulation Mm -hmm. so for example um, the fast food restaurant has the burger advertised as their American Wagyu burger. Well, when you look up what it is, it's 52 percent American Wagyu and 48 percent ground beef. Okay. So American Wagyu can be five percent Wagyu. I can take it from an F Right, like who in the who family. in the family tree exactly. is? It could be the great right? great 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 right. grandmother. Delimited. Right, three percent wagyu, and there, then you know ninety-seven percent of something else, and then forty-eight percent of whatever ground beef
0: is. I know because you just said ground beef, and I'm like, I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean, right? (laughs) And so it's now all of a sudden I'm really afraid of that. But I hear you. Yes, it's
1: creepy because Mm -hmm. when you look at the feedlots, the the commercial feedlots. They're the big scary. Guy. So you could have an organic commercial feedlot and it's disgusting. That is not defined. That no. doesn't they don't that doesn't count towards whether or not you're organic. So with F1, we chose that name because it's it sounds silly, but it's not fair that we work so hard mm-hmm. to raise these full bloods and they is it is tricky and it's tricky calving them and it's tricky breeding. everything about it is harder. Mm-hmm. And so they get to piggyback off the name and not do the work and then give it an inferior product that then we have to overcome that hurdle. When people say, I tried Wagyu. It's terrible. Right? I'm like, no, you didn't. Right. Or it.
0: I mean, or I tried Wagyu and I didn't think it was worth the price. Right. Um, exactly. You know, um, there is obviously an incredible difference. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I had uh, Kobe beef, mm-hmm. you know, just sliced thin yes. on a plate. And I was like, oh. Totally different product from us. This is amazing. Like, talk about melting. I mean, it was raw and it was delicious, but it was legit. Do you know what I mean? So I knew exactly where it was coming from and what it was. Now, now that you've combined these two, I'm just sort of with when we talk about husbandry, like, were you surprised about the personality of the combo of the two cows? Like, were they harder to raise? Were they easier to raise? Were, well, do they have more personality? The
1: F1s are adorable. I, well, have, I mean, I like that. They have a fun personality, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they are, they're, they're, nice,
0: they're good. They're they a nice
1: personality, but they're heartier. I mean, that's a big thing I would right, say. Right, because
2: uh, just a plain Wagyu uh, is not a Greek mother. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of milk for the babies. And okay. of course, the babies are what we're interested in sure. because we raise them up. Uh-huh. Um, And they just don't gain weight like they're supposed to. Uh, Like I said, it's just a bad mother. So when we add that in, you had the hardiness.
0: Well, maybe she didn't learn from her mother. Maybe 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 there's like some generational issues. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So when we put the two together, you got the bold flavor of an Angus. You Mm -hmm. got the marbling of the Wagyu. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're great mothers because... They gain more weight just on the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just just a, a whole different world, and it's easier to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone thinks a cow is is stupid. And, oh no, but,
0: they're like big dogs. Oh they yeah, I mean, deer, right. oh my god! Like when we were in the farm together with uh-huh. the ones that don't get slaughtered. Um, you know, you were petting one, and the other one got really jealous nice. and pushed. I mean it's a big push. Like, yes. like a ton I mean like it's fun or whatever, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Push the other one out of the way. I mean, they're I mean, they're beautiful, gorgeous, smart animals. Correct. Do You know what I mean? And yes. I I said it's hard to reconcile, but I I've gotten over it, but um I mean, listen I love my dogs more than anything in this world. Like yep. I have more pictures of them than my children. But I also like fur coats. So, I mean, yes. yeah. it's a
2: reconciliation that I have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and see, I'm sorry. No, 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 out. please. And and the, the thing about these cattle is, the Wagyu, is how they're treated. That's how the marbling, when they're calm, they, mm-hmm. they marble a little better. And like I said, these animals aren't dumb because if we come with a specific buggy or a four-wheeler, they hear that sound, and they come running to you. Mm. And and the reason we like that as well is because if they get out, we can bring that buddy, and they're just going to follow us because they think it's time to eat. It's just a mind over matter. Well,
0: but I also you know. think, um, and we talked about this when we were together. Um, again, early in my career in the food world, I went to a conference on a certified humane. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time listening to it, and I was like, I don't know about those. I was like, they're playing music because it was big in New Zealand, right? And they right. were trying to get the certification process here in D.C. Um, you know, nationally, they were starting here. And, you know, they were talking about treating the animals well. And yes. that was not a conversation topic at the time. I mean, we were all hearing about big ag and how fucking disgusting it was. Oh, yeah. it has yeah. to be cut out. <laughs> um, but yeah. how, you know, gross it was and how mistreated these animals were. Yeah. And if you think about that, how they're treating the animals the tension in the meat, you know, like what it does for them. Why shouldn't they live a good life for as long as they can until it's over? Correct. A bad day. One one bad day that they they don't know about. That bro, they right? don't
1: know about because it was a good morning.
0: Exactly. And I, you know, they talked about like playing like music and all of that. And I remember the first time thinking, really? And they were like, oh, you can taste it in the meat. But honestly, to me, I'm sure the product is better. But to me, as a animal lover. And as a people lover, like, why wouldn't we treat everybody well? Correct. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I think there's a disconnect for people. Who think it's an animal? I don't have to treat it well, and I can't yeah. meet them there now. Now that I know what I know, I cannot meet them there right. anymore. Which is why I purchase things the way I do. You right. know, absolutely. Um, so, how do you go about treating your animals well? Explain what pasture raised means versus like terms like organic or you know, or how it applies to certified humane. Okay,
2: organic. Um, organic it, it, three things I look at, or two things mainly, is organic and all natural. Mm-hmm. Organic, it's a certification. You got to go through a whole lot of process. Uh, some say it's a fad, you know,
0: and, and it, it doesn't do. mean it's clean. I think correct. that fad part is over. It's a marketing term, yes. correct? But it it did mean something mm-hmm. initially, right? Mm-hmm. And like it still does because no you don't GMOs feed it correct. and like That's where antibiotics. I, I mean, I think when people started learning about antibiotics in chicken, right. like, you know, Very like eighteen right. years ago, like there was that big expose. Mm-hmm. I think people were like. Oh, that's not good.
3: Right. Right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: Well, we had to
1: explain that recently. We were having a conversation with a a grocer who was looking to stock his grocery store, and he had interviewed a number of Wagyu um, uh, farmers, and he says... Well, they finish their animals under two years why do you take so long i'm like well if i pump mine full of growth hormone they'd be done before two years too but right. if you're doing it properly you finish them and it's a mathematical formula how much you feed in order not to have them gain too fast mm-hmm. naturally or otherwise but yeah we can finish using the growth hormones but right. we don't want to do that we don't do that right,
2: right. all natural yeah, no. non right
0: right, right. So it's that's what you human. mean by that's what you mean by all natural, correct. right? Because I think that that term has been bastardized as well, yes. right? I mean,
2: we just use uh, grains that haven't been injected with anything mm-hmm. uh, or like chicken poop
0: on the for fertilizer. Right,
2: right, right. So this is all natural.
0: The baby is born. Mm-hmm. When are they put out to pasture?
2: Well, they the on the pasture with mama
0: okay.
2: uh, until they reach about seven months, seven mm-hmm. eight months. So. All our animals are probably on there on grass two thirds of their life. Mm. Um, so once they get seven months old, we get them up. We run them through the, the working pens. We give them their, uh, vaccines that they need. We Mm -hmm. treat them for flies, different stuff. Mm -hmm. Good husbandry. We don't use any cattle prods or any of that stuff. I mean, you'll see that around farms with unruly animals. Mm -hmm. We don't keep unruly animals, Mm -hmm. but, they put at a separate place so and we, we don't can get yell rid of them. Correct. <laughs> no beating. But then they come in. And mm, we... Listen,
0: some have ADHD. Oh, so yes. You know, I oh, mean, you know, yes. it's not just in people. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, mental health is mental health. I mean, I have a kooky dog. Like, uh, you know,
1: Absolutely. So, nature
0: versus nurture,
1: a little bit of both. <laughs> and we know these personalities because we're in with them every right. day. Right. Right. Twice a
2: day. Mm-hmm. So, but I
0: mean, a prod's not going to help anybody.
2: Correct. Just, you, just you winds know, them up even more. With the cattle, as I try to tell people, is they need time to think.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, you go down there and they see a hole. You, you want to let them find the hole and then they'll go right on their own. You mm-hmm. just can't, hey, because you're in a hurry, you don't want to hurry them because mm-hmm. they are smart, but they're not as smart as people, you know? So you, we
0: well, they don't have them. critical thinking.
2: Critter. That's, that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, um, we keep them on there for seven months, eight months, maybe. And then when they get to 900 pounds, they go, all from mama mm-hmm. to a pasture by themselves. Mm-hmm. And we start feeding them twice a day. So we handle them. And that's what makes them interact with us. Mm. And then as they grow bigger, they move around. Sorry, I'm using my hand so much. No, but they move around our feed lot.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: when I say feed lot, they have a little grass that you still can get to. it. But we feed hay. But the thing you have to remember is the more they walk, they're walking off the marbling and the fat. Mm. So you want to limit that. To a little bit and so we give them everything they need. They just have one day, one bad day. Uh, their entire life. We give mm. them all the minerals they need, their hay, their water. Uh, they just have one bad day.
1: Okay. Well, and that's a big distinction from in Japan that when they're raising their. I want to move
0: you closer to the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay.
1: Um, when in Japan, the way they keep theirs marbling, you know, we let our we treat them well. Japan, it's more confined quarters. Mm. So, I mean, there's obviously less. Sort space of like in, in the.
0: Um, Not quite like called? Germany and the US. I think you have like faux gras. Oh, well, yeah, where
1: they're contained yeah. and they're more forced. Um That's the difference. We can, by keeping them calm and having them interact with us and be happy, you get tender meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in addition to the ethical side of it, it's also a very, it's a product, quality product. Sure. Side. Now, is that
0: something you were brought up with when you got into the farming industry? Or is this something you've come to? Because... You Know, I don't think that 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 was the basis for a long time. No,
2: because I was like a traditional farmer is we get on four wheels and chase them, get, get up, get up, get up, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember an older gentleman said, Why are you doing all that yelling? And you know, just take your time. And, and once I figured that out, the animal responded so much mm-hmm. better. Uh, and again, as, as Karen says the meat was a lot better because it's not all tensed up, mm. you know, and uh, and I have my own farm and we taste our own beef. It's not as good as the Wagyu, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's good and it's flavorful. And once I started treating the animal with a lot of respect, that's when you, you notice the difference. But
0: I'd also have to imagine, it makes you feel better. Correct. Right? Like treating the animal, like, yellow net animals and, you know, like, the tension and anger residing in you mm-hmm. dealing with other with with irrational animals, right. right? Who cannot respond to you like this has got to make you feel better. Do mm-hmm. you know taking patience and time with them gives yourself patience and time as well, right? Yeah. Does it, it must create a different feeling.
2: Yeah, and, and, and aged age has mm-hmm. helped me because right. you know I worked at a retailer for twenty eight years, one hundred twenty five people, stress level was way up Not here. Bad. And then I go release that on the animals. They didn't work well. And it, it finally clicked. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do a little better. And then it became a stress relief. Like for Karen and her farm, that's her stress relief. Mm-hmm. Jessica, that's our you know stress relief. While we want to make a good product at the same time.
0: So mm-hmm. now that we have this good product,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're here. Mm-hmm. You're happy with the taste. You can cook it. I can I know cook it. I know, <laughs> I, can cook it. <laughs> I know I can cook it because I've cooked it. But so now that you have a product that you're happy with, now it's... Okay, getting it out into the public. And you've got two things that have to be done. First, there's the education component and uh, explaining to people what we really just talked about here which is what an F1 is yes. and what the taste quality is that you're looking for. Um, getting it in front of chefs, getting it in front of the lay public. So how do you go about doing that and where? how do people know what they're tasting?
1: Well. Honestly, when we first first started, um, we hit the wholesale market. We went to restaurants mm-hmm. uh, first because that was kind of my background. I was just more comfortable talking commercial transactions because I get shy in front of people. Right. You know? So commercial was easy to do from my lawyer background. And plus, we needed street cred because I can't mm. just go up to someone and say, hey, wanna buy a steak? Right. I mean, who am I? With no background, no mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, it would have been hopeless. So when we went into the restaurants first and we went big, we went straight to the in a little Washington, we went to the- Michelin's. I mean, you were in
0: his backyard. You right. Are. And he also happens to be, I mean, first of all, he would never take a product. This is Patrick O'Connell in a little Washington. He would never take a product that wasn't terrific, but he is a big supporter. Exactly. Of what's going on in his community in Paris, Virginia, yes. in his backyard. And that was something mm-hmm. that
1: was really important to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when Jessica made a call over there and they said, come on down. And mm-hmm. in turned it is a beautiful relationship. And they were so interested in the product. We're like, you got to come to the farm. Right. We want you to see where your meat is coming from. Mm. And so they came. We gave them the tour. We showed them everything. And then we cooked for them which was totally intimidating. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah we're not going to be cooking. Yeah, we stuck with the
0: burgers. Which, um, which is super smart. Yeah, which
1: actually, it's interesting now because when Chef Patrick was interviewed after opening Patio's, the cafe, mm-hmm. he said in, um, to the food critic uh, at the post that the burger was his favorite item on Tom, the menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I mean, I have rested on that laurel forever. I'm That's like, well you should. it exactly. a big deal.
0: Wait, can I ask a question Nobody's watching the show, so don't worry. But uh, so I've had your burgers. I made them at home. Oh, they're amazing. They're so yummy. Um, but is that are you giving him the burgers already done, or is he mixing them himself?
1: No, Patrick no. O'Connell. He mixes them. He doesn't take the patties. Oh, okay. so
0: because those patties are good.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: but I was like, "Oh, am I cooking? Like, what's happening?" You need a little washi tape. You're cooking the same meat. Okay, and you're right. cooking the
1: same patty. Everybody gets the same thing. That's what's so fascinating with our product because it does appeal to the Michelin's, are not just the ground, obviously, mm-hmm. some, our, our many of our cuts are in the Michelin's, but they're also in the farmers market.
0: Well, now that you brought up cuts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's talk about that because I think whole animal, you know, especially like. 10 years ago or 12 years ago in the industry, everyone was like, I do whole animal, I do whole animal. And of course nobody was doing whole animal. Right. I mean, some people, but not a lot. Because it's really hard
1: mm-hmm. to yes. use an
0: entire animal. And when it comes to a cow, there's a, a lot of beef, but there's a lot of parts that people, the lay person, not so much chefs, but and some chefs, but the layperson doesn't know a lot about. I mean, we know, you know, the T-bone and the, the, now we know the hanger and the skirt and the flat iron. I mean, mm-hmm. there are more cuts now in your butcher department than there used to be. Like Terra, terra Madre, wasn't that, isn't uh, that a Terra a, Major. Terra Tere Major. Ma- yeah, like that cut was big a while ago. But there's so many cuts that people are either wary of or they don't, They everybody thinks it's either supposed to taste like a strip right. or a filet. Right. Um, So how do you, again, have that conversation with people so that they do use the whole animal and that they can use it in different ways?
2: Well, the first thing I'll say, that's where the wagyu comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angus, where you would Mm -hmm. need a roast because the meat is so tough with the wagyu, now you can cut those Roast into steaks mm. and I'll let Karen. So, what explain.
0: did I use? I did so I did a side by side. Yeah, you had, I a had a steak. I had filet and mm-hmm. I had round. I have round. I mm-hmm. have round. Now, normally I have round, I would either put in stew mm-hmm. and like just keep it in there for hours and hours and hours. Uh, yeah, that's what I would do with eye of round. I mean, normally, but what I did is, um, I'm a big believer in slow roasting my steaks and searing them afterwards. So I slow cook slow and low for like 40. Mm-hmm. So it's nice, all pink right. and then sear it in my cast iron afterwards. And I mean, the fillet is obviously fabulous, but the eye of round was delicious. I mean, tougher, obviously, right. but not in a, in a, um, just not the same texture a different texture yeah right. but a yeah. tasty full of flavor i mean i would totally serve that instead i don't you could need to use it do as play. a steak you don't yeah. have to
1: put it in a bourguignon or something right right you can eat it as a steak and yes. that was
0: the whole premise
1: is when we realized we could cut the entire cow into steaks And that way we were able to offer, we actually, the program is called the sustainable Steak program, Mm -hmm. because in order to be a sustainable farmer, you do have to sell the whole cow. Right. And so we didn't, we see what people wanted. People wanted steaks. They wanted a nice, beautiful dinner at home. Mm -hmm. And our point was, well, not everybody can afford the filet or the ribeye. And there Mm -hmm. is life beyond ribeye. Mm -hmm. So we wanted folks to see you can get the Chuck steak. It's incredible. It's tender, delicious if you can't afford the ribeye or just don't want a ribeye, the eye of round. We always show people, educate, and whether it's chefs or the general public at the farmer's market, Mm -hmm. it's the same discussion. And it's fascinating because one of our Michelin chefs, he uses the eye of round for his tartare versus Mm. another chef that, you know, they stick with the tenderloin. right. And they're both delicious, I mean, sure. They're... But they're
0: different. Uh, I assume that texture is really different. I listen. I like a fillet, but I feel that it's been feminized. Yes. And um, I had sort of a go-to at a steakhouse a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where uh, the guy—I mean, I was the one invited in, but he had not. The waiter didn't. And um, you know, he's talking to my husband about the steaks. And then he was like, "And for the lady, we oh. have a filet." Oh. I was like, "I'll take that thirty-two ounce, please, <laughs> yes. right here, yeah. and watch like, me eat the, eat the whole thing." I was yeah. like, oh, "I yeah. got the throne, dude. Don't yeah. no screw with me." No,
2: so, and that's the problem we have. We always got to educate.
0: Yes. And, and, yes,
2: and that's not a bad thing. No, but that's our main job anymore when we're. Selling or at the markets is, we always educating,
3: always.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. So where, other than restaurants Mm -hmm. locally right now, um, where do people find you now? I know you were at some farmer's markets. Right, well, as
1: part of our business plan, it was to make sure that retail was accessible. So Mm -hmm. we were at a number of farmer's markets. We targeted the year-round ones like Eastern and Mosaic and Oakton and then we've also opened up the beefery which is oh, right, our, the, uh, yes, right? I got to see it. Yeah, right. Farm store, uh, the, farms, store at the farm, store at the farm, the beefery, or the Avoca Beefery and Lounge. Okay, um, <laughs> and that's where we we are. We've had an amazing response to folks coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. And so now, tell me how people come in. Like, do you have to make a reservation? No, we have. You just show up and hours. knock on the door and be like, nope. "I'm here."
1: We have set hours every week. We're looking at expanding them now. Okay, We're, what
0: are the hours right now?
1: Well, on the weekends, it's 8 a.m. until. Four and then on Saturday and Sunday, and then on um, during the week we have some limited hours during the day. Okay, Um, we're hoping to expand those because we, it's it's pretty phenomenal the response we've had. Both so people are just coming in and buying
0: stakes. It's a
1: very it's it's property is located in a very um, active number of highways and near sixty six. Yeah, So you got right. So for people who don't know,
0: Ashby Inn is like catty-corner-ish from where they are.
1: Yeah.
0: If you've driven out there, you've seen the house. That's all I have to say. Like, you yeah. can't miss it. Can't
3: right. miss it. Right? You cannot miss it. Focus. it. Right. Um,
0: so, okay, so the market is now open. You're at farmer's markets. And then the online sales was critical to have that online presence. Mm. So
1: we've really been working on trying to, we have a new website, Touchwood, launching in the not-so-distant future. But currently, our website does. That was really important because, mm-hmm. again, it's um, getting the word out. And then making it easy for people to order. So yeah,
0: let's sure. talk about like farm tours okay. and things of that nature, because I, I, you know, I if people come to the market and they're like, okay, I'm going to buy some steaks and blah blah blah. But I mean, getting into the farm to me, that was so exciting, you right? know, and seeing seeing everything we're talking about today, and right. you know, obviously petting the cows and and but seeing how a a, a well executed working farm. Works. Well, and this okay. is the best part is that when folks are coming
1: into the store, mm-hmm. it's like we can talk to them. We point things out. We tell them you are welcome to just stay along the road and mm-hmm. walk around and pet the cows in that, mm-hmm. you know, in that pen, walk up to our finishing lots so you can see what a fin, what a, High quality finishing lot looks like in Happy Cows. And right. See, and it's educational because you see the difference in the growth among the different phases of life. So, I mean, and plus the views are rock. Right. I mean, so, it's beautiful, right? So, it's really, we make it as interactive.
2: If I can back up just a little bit, is uh, Jessica Morton had signs made up. So, you were asking where we are. So, we are mm. in the farmers markets. We are in, you know, online. You can come visit us. Uh, but what really kicked the thing off of the store, farm store is we put signs on the roadway. Mm-hmm. And now the people that come into the store, right. they're sitting there saying, We didn't know.
0: Right. They see the signs. The
2: signs, exactly. And, and well placed signs, and they just come in there. Well,
0: so, so in uh, years ago when I used to have to schlep back and forth to Ithaca because my son mm-hmm. went to school up there, yeah. on like, 270 or I don't know whatever road it was, there would be these signs, like hand-drawn signs, pottery, yes. right. cheese, like every like 10 feet oh, there would yeah. be signs and one time we we're like, I mean, we got to stop by. You know right. what I mean? At some point, it's <laughs> not right.
1: That. right? many of yeah, our right, customers
0: right. say is that,
1: you know, they drive by the signs so many times they're like, I just had to pull in. right totally. I love and that. And then
2: that opens the, the world of, of voca from there. Mm-hmm. You know, once they pull in. And uh, again, we in in... Like I said, we made it affordable so you could buy. But what Karen has done is she's got two animals that she has on there that we have mixed with Wagyu, who's still in F1. Mm-hmm. And she donates these two animals. Whenever they calve, those calves go to the food banks. So oh. you ask where we are, we at food banks, we're, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of places, you know. And and, and that's that's what makes this thing Make me want to work there and be mm-hmm. a part of it
1: because Karen really cares about good, clean food mm-hmm. and everybody enjoying it. Well, that so, was, everyone should have access to clean meat. That's why we have the price points. And if you still can't afford us, we're in the food banks. Right. That was right. like right. our motto from the beginning. Well, so, I think
0: that's mm-hmm. really important. It but is. food shouldn't just be for the right. wealthy. Right, exactly. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. so that's why, you know,
1: it was fascinating because one day at the retail shop, we had a customer come in from Vienna specifically because they mm-hmm. knew of us and purchased from us at a set of farmer's market and they wanted to go to the country and they bought some filet mignons that we're going to have later that night for dinner. And it was lovely, wonderful, fun chat and all, and not one hour later a single dad with six kids from West Virginia came in Mm. and they he also bought a whole bunch of he bought the sustainable steak bundle and we talked a lot about how to cook and how you know the difference in this and and the cuts and how to use them and it was so cool because that's what I wanted Mm -hmm. I wanted for everyone to be able to come in learn about the beef appreciate the fact that it's the cows are really cool and, and well cared for and, and then also be able to take home mm-hmm. food for their family and mm-hmm. so that was just an example of exactly how i wanted the whole sustainable state program well, to roll.
0: one of the things i always say is listen i'm very lucky i've gotten to make my passion mm-hmm. my profession and it just sounds like you both all three of you here today have been able to do that as well because i you know passion doesn't always translate to Profits or profession. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just a hobby, but this sounds like it's, you know, really exploding and you're doing so much Good in the agribusiness world because that is Changing, thank God drastically, right? It is drastically
1: Mm -hmm. changing. Absolutely. When you look at carbon neutral products and certain, you know It's fascinating to see where the where people are really examining the husbandry techniques is which is what we've welcomed all along is Mm -hmm. the transparency behind our operations And we keep growing and trying. I mean, that's the whole point is to keep doing better.
0: And so last question, because we do have to wrap up. Let me double check. Yes, we do have to wrap up. Uh, Last question. So how is the state of Virginia in supporting your kind of agribusiness? Like, have they started with agritourism? Because I just did a show last week with um, Montgomery County, Maryland, who has a huge agritourism like pocket for what they're doing in montgomery county and it's really fascinating hmm. so
1: i've do been they, do, they, do they have it do they have it like are you guys experiencing this, that this is really important okay um you could do a whole segment on this so agritourism is a new concept still mm-hmm. it's growing more and more but now um the the various um legislators are trying to regulate it more and start to more narrowly define it the virginia supreme court recently had a case trying to determine whether or not an agricultural building from which they were selling ice cream that had been made locally selling through the other farmer um what did that constitute an agricultural building for purposes of building code all right. Well, mm-hmm. fortunately, the court said yes. It's an agricultural building, and because of the Right to Farm Act, which is the crux upon which we all operate, right? Um, that they allowed it, but immediately thereafter, the legislature then adopted a new building code for agricultural tourism, and that's and what's the key. fear? What's
0: what They're do you think? They're going to
1: regulate it out so that only the majors, so that only Marriott Ranch can operate. Well, that's what I was going to ask.
0: So, who's pushing? those kind like what is government's fear or is it just the bigger ag has more pull back to lobbying and stuff like that that's what we're talking about we are getting
1: involved my big thing for this year is i'm getting involved with the virginia agribusiness council because we must lobby and we must get involved immediately at the legislative we had this conversation last two nights must get involved at the legislative level Mm -hmm. immediately because they're going to um Define the regulations to the point small farmers can't do this, and then we're back to the big agribusiness, and we're all out. And you stop, right? And that's a thing you got to watch for when they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. That they, we want agricultural, we want to preserve agricultural. Then fine, that's great. What are you doing for the small guy? Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't need money from them. We need them to just not.
0: Screw with you. And over, right? Right? Right, right. You know, I can say it. You don't have yeah. to say it. But that's
1: the thing. And like, we're doing it right. Every, you know, we all want to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we don't get involved now as they're expanding, for example, the USDA is now creating a department of agritourism. Mm-hmm. The Virginia is a do- is creating a sub department. So if we aren't involved, it's going to just turn into the, the, big, boys the big guys, and the ones who, who are going to win. Mm. And, Um, so that is my number one goal in 2023 is to start actively get active in the legislature Mm, i think that
0: makes sense and Wait, as are you Karen, is she as running Karen's
2: her role. office? Oh, yeah. She, she, she's pretty good. Yeah. She's pretty good. Again, that's what makes this trio work. She, right. She knows that stuff.
0: Everybody's right. got their lane. Yeah, exactly. Sure.
2: And we all dip our toe in it every day.
0: You got it. The lanes have got to cross. You can't, exactly. stay, you can't stay parallel forever. That doesn't, that's not successful. Either. But that's
1: why they never let me go to farmers markets alone because I'll just start talking. And so my godson comes with me to make sure that I'm okay. actually he's selling. Like, he's like, move yeah. on. Yes, on. You can talk, let me sell.
0: Right. Uh, I love (laughs) it. All right. Well, I want to it's such an amazing story and um as a person who has had the product it is fantastic um but you need to go out you need to see the farm i had the you know the privilege to do that and um i'm very grateful for it but uh, tell everybody please where they can find you online on instagram find out more about the market um, on property and how they can do tours all that kind of good stuff
1: well you can definitely the easiest way is uh, you can contact us at orders at avocafarm.com our website is easy avocafarm.com dot com and that's o-v-o-k-a farm dot <laughs> com and um on instagram and facebook oh, all those handles and it. And yeah, that stuff and i'm always mm-hmm. i don't understand that yet that's yeah. okay you but, don't have so but farm.com you can find out everything about tours private public we have a number of um we have one coming up calving and cabernet Ooh, and so fun. Uh, we'll get to talk about calving and have a little tasting
0: and uh pairing up with i love it and then yeah. we have
2: whiskey and wagyu so it's, it's, oh. it's a few things in the in, yeah. the, in the fire well there. please
0: make sure that you send all that info to me because Absolutely. that of course will go on the list or you want Tom in our calendar wonderful and one last thing the yes. airbnb
2: where you stay oh right the yes. airbnb
0: so airbnb. quickly tell me about the airbnb
2: Airbnb we had a cabin that was built in the 17, late 1700s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen had it redone four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks better than a lot of people's homes. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, it, It's nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you just want to get away and you want to become a farmer, you can stay there. You you can do as much as you want or you can do as less as you want. Right. We'll bring your eggs in the next morning when you get up, mm-hmm. so you yeah, have farm fresh eggs. But Airbnb is 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 quite an experience with a uh, uh, high quality views.
0: Absolutely, the views yeah. are spectacular. Yes. Plus, when we were there, I think that was the only snow we got all season. Oh yeah, right. And right. like yeah, right. it actually like snowed. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well, thank you both for oh, joining me today. You, I'm just so going to wrap up very quickly. Thanks for having me. So us. everything you heard here today, of course, you can find on the listariana. dot com, and don't forget Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, is on YouTube. So we've launched the channel recently in part with my fantastic team here who's filming it today. um, And also Hardcast Media, Um, we're still figuring it out. I mean, it looks great, but I'm not doing a lot to promote it. So check it out, subscribe, ask questions. Let me know what you thought about today and I can also field the questions to those who are here with me. So. Sign up for the list, areyouonit.com. Follow me at NYCCI, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show. Tune into Foodie and the Beast and, you know, be safe out there. So check out where you're getting your meat from. It's very important. And as I do on every show, a little uh, hospitality note. Take your kindness pills before you go out. Be kind to those around you. Especially be kind to your wait staff. Shortages are still real. Still happening out there. Nobody wants you to have a bad time. Everybody wants you to come back. So go out there, have a drink, have a piece of beef, and enjoy. We'll see you next week.
3: Produced by Heartcast Media.